Yeah. Today we begin the parasha Vezot Bracha. What's our number one rule when starting a parasha? What do you do? You just summary about where we are. Yeah, you have to learn, you have to check up what we did in the previous week's parasha. We didn't finish. In the previous parasha. We actually did not finish Ha'azinu. So if you look back, what happens after the song of Ha'azinu, but in the parasha of Ha'azinu? Oh, we need a bigger table, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, just, you could bring another table and just attach it to the side. What happens? I know he he good. He's good. He's bringing. He's bringing. What happens at the end of Parashat Azinu after the song? So we're, yesterday we did an analysis and a summary or, or a study of the entire song of Azinu. It's a song that encapsulates. All of the ideas of Sefer Devarim in one very deep, uh, very, very tightly written piece of text. Uh, the main concept is that our biggest failure comes from our abundance of luxury and wealth. And that though that may cause our downfall temporarily, God never destroys us completely because that would be the ultimate Chilul Hashem. So we are always kept around for the sake of God's honor and God's name. Okay. Now, after Moshe tells that song to Bnei Israel, hopefully Bnei Israel knows that song. He comes and he, 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 he and Yoshua tell the song to Bnei Israel. They finish speaking to the nation and he says, please listen to these words that God has taught you so that you will live long in the land. It is not a, it's not an empty matter for you, meaning it is not something that is irrelevant to you. You should take it to heart. It has much relevance to you. And it will help you live on the land for a very, very long time. It will help you. You will live long in the land that you are going to possess. Meaning by successfully implementing the rules and the lessons from the Song of Hazinu, that will allow B'nai Israel to live in the land of Israel for a very long time. Okay, good. The Maftir of Hazinu is now what leads into the parasha of Ezot Bracha. So we'll read the maftir of Ha'azinu inside, just so we could see how it leads into what happens in parasha of Ezot Bracha. Now we're on chapter 32, on Pasuk 48. On that very day, God spoke to Moshe. Now what does it mean, Be'etzem Hayom What is Be'etzem? We've seen the word Be'etzem Hayom What? I saw before the very day, these are the two times in the... Um... There are other couple, what other times in the Torah have we seen the word Be'etzem Hayom It was... Uh... It was Kedet Yitzchak, no? Yeah. It was... On the first, the first one is, it was with Noah. It's, like, it's on the like the peak of the heat of the day, no? It's like, that's not Chom Hayom. No, no, you're right. It's it's chatzota. It's typically... The idea of Be'etzem Hayomazeh, according to the Midrash, is that when it says on that very day, it's talking about the mid-time of the, the, the day. The time of the day when everybody's awake, when the sun is shining, and when things are noticeable. In the time of Noah, he was told to go on to the Teva, Be'etzem Hayomazeh. Or Be'etzem Hayomazeh nivkeu kol mayanot om rabbah. On that very day, the, the springs of the earth opened up and the water began to, to rain. And the Chachamim say, why did God do it at the very peak of the day? 
Because God wanted everybody to be around to, to notice what was going on. Meaning, typically you, speaking, you make it a point. would go up onto the mountain. And everybody was there. Or let's say the Anana. I think the that the idea here is that everybody is, 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 it's in everybody's face. It's at the peak of the day when the sun is shining, everybody could see, everybody's awake. Yeah, uh, we also I saw. Like Midrashim, but the Midrash was saying, like, some people are trying to stop some, they were trying to stop Hashem by doing something. Right, right, right. Uh, so like they were trying to stop. Yeah, I'm going to read it. It's an interesting thing because the, the Midrash, it repeats itself in, in a lot of places. On that very day, this phrase appears three times in the Torah, each time indicating that large masses of people were determined to prevent God's word from being carried out. So he ordered that it be done at high noon, at the peak of the day. As it were, let it be done in view of everyone and let them see that no one can stand in the way of God's will. So that's the... the, the Traditional Midrashic understanding of Anytime you see those words The Midrash jumps in and says This was done because people wanted to stop What was going to happen Now what did the people want to stop here? Moshe go up in the mountain and die Because God says Moshe go up to the mountain And there you will die So what do the people think? If we could stop him from going up the mountain Then he won't Then he'll come with us to Israel He won't die Prevent his death So Moshe says no 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 this has to happen. Now, here is the, the, the beauty of the Midrash. What's the lesson behind the Midrash? Why is it so important for B'nai Israel to see Moshe's death? It? it requires deep thinking to understand what the Midrash is trying to tell you. Meaning to kind of now... Do you get what I'm saying? All, all Munan Hashem, that like, like he wanted them to make it a reality for them or something? Vadai. The Midrash is trying to say that... Hashem wants to make it a reality in the hearts of B'nai Israel that Moshe is no longer there with them. Now, why is that so key? Why is that so important for B'nai Israel to know Moshe is no longer with them? For them to move on. They have to move on. Moshe represents the founder of Am Israel, the one who gave us the Torah. But he's also the leader that took us from point zero to point one. He took us from being the slave people to the people that were in the desert having accepted the Torah. But he is not the person, or it is not proper for B'nai Israel to become too dependent on Moshe. B'nai Israel need to be able to, to develop on their own. They need to move past that level of Moshe to the level of Yehoshua, to the level of a people that's not reliant on direct connection with God where they can just do miracles and, and get whatever they want through miracles. They need to start relying on Yoshua who does things through army uh, strategy and through military success. So Hashem says, Moshe, you're going to go in the heat of the middle of the day so that all of B'nai Israel could see and they could internalize the fact that you're no longer with them. Otherwise, they're going to be dependent on you when they're going into the land of Israel. And if they think that the same rules are going to apply to them in Israel, then are going to apply to them in the desert, then they're not going and to succeed. Going to What's proof to this? What is the most important thing that stopped the second B'nai Israel went into the land of Israel? The man. The man stops. It's explicit in Sefer Yeshua that the man stops falling once they go the into land. the land of Israel. They have to start working the land. Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader for a people that has sustenance through the miraculous. That's sustained through the, through the hand Protected of God. The but they have to start to learn to see that working in the land and having produce come from the land directly of their own hard work 
is also the hand of God. And they have to start behaving like that. They have to start living in the real world. So they need to see Moshe's death. You're saying people today need to see certain politicians lay to rest in order to move on from stimulus and unemployment? <laughs> Maybe you could make that claim. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I love where you took it. Okay. So he speaks to him on Go up to this mountain of Avarim Apparently, uh, We don't know where this mountain is In the land of Moab That is opposite Jericho Now Jericho is a city in Israel It's the first city they conquered in Sefer Yoshua So this was opposite Jericho Meaning across the Jordan But in the same general uh, you know, if you travel east from Jericho out the same territory, you end up. You have a vague idea. You will find. You have a vague idea of where it is. In one of, of this scene over here, Moshe Rabbeinu taking his last glance over Eretz Israel. Mechavod, I don't know. That's a good point. Somebody Hashem, should make Beautiful. the painting. Okay. You shall see the land of Canaan that I'm giving to Bnei Israel as a portion. Umut. What is umut? What does that mean? The word umut is a command die, form die. of the word die. And you shall die. He's basically commanding him to die. Umut And you shall die in the mountain that you're going up. And you will go up to your people. Meaning you will die and go up to the neshamot that are in, where, in the olam, in the true, in the olam haba, in the next world. Just like your brother Aharon died in Horahar. Where, what parashat did Aharon die? Anybody remember? Uh, it was Parashat Chukat, no. I think. Chukat, Miriam, and Aharon both died. No? Maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's... Dead and Aaron's dead. And there's something behind there's it. A midrash, there's a midrash that talks about it. Um, it says, just like... He was like, he died with these people. What does it mean? He died with himself or something? What does it mean? He died with these people. What does it mean? Oh, okay. Well, let me finish Shepsukim and then I'll tell you a couple of things. Okay. You shall die just like Aaron died in Horahara and he went up to his people. Because you rebelled against me amongst In the waters of Kadesh, what are the waters of Kadesh? That is when they struck the rock and uh, they brought the water from the rock by striking it. Because you did not sanctify my name amongst Bnei Israel. So from afar you will see the land. But you will not go directly into the land. To the land that I'm giving to Bnei Israel. So that is Moshe's command. You shall die on this mountain because you rebelled against God. You did not sanctify my name with the waters of Kadesh. Instead you struck the rock. And you did not teach the Bnei Israel the lesson. If you want to see what the deep significance of that was, go back to our Shurim and Parashat Chukat. Okay? Um, so a couple of questions on this piece. First of all, what was your question? Why is it among his people? Oh, why does it say, you shall go up, and you shall uh, go up to your people, or you shall be gathered unto your people? What does it mean to be gathered unto your people? So it's a very interesting idea. What is it trying to say, first of all? What is it, what is it a metaphor for? It's a euphemism for something. That you always it's, be with... Uh, no, no, it's a, it's a euphemism for death. death. Uh, the way you say in the Torah that a person dies creator. is returns to, uh, to your, parents, like your people. It seems to be that the way the Torah question. conceives of, of, uh, of death is that it's taking you out of this world 
to the world where the neshamot are all there waiting for you. So where you came. So you're being gathered unto your people. Wow, this is the reference probably. More, I mean, that's so this is one of the, this is one of, this is all, there's no talk there's no in the talk Torah, in anywhere in the Torah of the next world, of another world after this world mm-hmm. ends. Mm-hmm. This is a hint to that. By Yasef Elamav, gathered unto your people. What do you mean gathered unto your people? There are, there are people in another world that are gathering you as you die. And they're going, to, they're going to meet you there. So that seems to be what the hint is. Now there are other, other interpretations. There's an interpretation that it's like... People gathered in Avelut, no? Uh, yeah, but I think the most... Uh, maybe something like that. But, but it's that, that's, that's the hint. The hint is, by Yasef Elamav, is you should be gathered unto your people, meaning in the next world. So it's a hint that there are other souls there that will be meeting you in the next world. I, okay? I, just, I just feel like this whole... I mean, that's one thing, but... What bothers me is kind of almost like God is kind of like pouring salt on the wound. Go take one last look at the land that you're supposed to go to. You know? No, but why repeat him again? You die because you of this. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I, I know. I have that question also. Why is he pouring salt on the wound and saying it is yeah. because you did this? Yeah. I'm, not sure. to, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, but I, I want to do a little bit more today. I want to get into Vizot Bracha. But two, uh, two, more, two more points. First of all, why is it die like Aharon died. So the Midrash says that, it says that Aharon died by the command of God and his soul was taken through God's kiss or something like that. Yeah, in that, in that, meaning not, not via Malach Something like that. Not via the Malach it was the most pure form of death. So the same way Aharon died in the most pure form, Moshe Rabbeinu dies the same exact way well, Tanakh, in this the, pure form of Aaron, death. There's also one or two other people that were... No? Uh, they say Miriam did it also, but yeah. it does, it's not explicit about Miriam's because it would have been a lack of um, modesty if it says that Miriam died. Thing. Okay. Uh, finally, how does this lead into Parashat Vezot Bracha? This is the final thing. Well, let's read the next Pasuk of Vezot Bracha and you'll see. Vezot HaBracha is chapter 33. And this is the blessing that Moshe gave to Bnei Israel, men of God, to Bnei Israel before he died. So why are we learning about Moshe's death? Because Moshe's death is the prelude or the announcement of Moshe's death is the prelude to his blessing. The second Moshe Ben hears from God that it's time for him to go, his last act is to give a blessing to Bnei Israel, uh, before he dies. So now, uh, is this a command from God or is this coming from Moshe? The the blessing, it seems to be like a, an outpouring of of emotion from Moshe as he knows he's about to die. It's a beautiful it's thing. Beautiful, yeah. The people that frustrated him and that he struggled with and that thing, you know, sometimes the, I mean, always. Why do why do parents love their kids so much? No, it's not tough love specifically. Why do parents love their kids so much? How much you invest in them? Because you invest so much in them. It's, it's so all of the difficulty. See, in the previous pasuk, which this may be one of the insights here, Moshe is told that you cannot go into the land because of the people that caused you to sin, because you struck the rock in the eyes of Bnei Israel and did not make a kiddush Hashem. So. He's even being reminded of a bitter moment of Bnei Israel. And he still goes out and blesses them. That's the beauty. As he's being told that he's going to die. But in response to that, he doesn't say, Ah, oh, Bnei Israel, finally I'm done with you. 
the opposite. Probably because he looks back and sees how much he had to invest in them and how hard it was to, to raise them. Now he's turning to the blessing because that's, he, he probably, Moshe or Ben was probably more attached to Ben Israel than they are to him. You know what I mean? It's like we're saying his, his death place has to be a secret. He can't be buried in Eretz Israel. All of these things. He needs to be done at Etzim in the heat of the day so that everybody sees that he's dead. So we're trying to break the attachment that the Jews have for Moshe. But it seems like Moshe Rabbeinu probably has more of a love for the child than the child has for the parent. It's like they have like founding of like a, of the, these these companies like I say Apple or Microsoft. Yeah. You, you're the founder, and then thirty years later you're stepping away. And they find some CEO. And you're the one from who started home. the company. You know you everything. So your attachment to it is a lot more than what the next person who walks in and just takes over or whatever it is. Badai. So now Moshe Rabbeinu, he's going and he maybe in, in Moshe Rabbeinu's head he says, "Oh, I love these people so much." My last words have to be blessing. This is a beautiful thing. I think this is a tradition in Am Israel that if, if a person can, yeah. on, on their deathbed, they should bless. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sure we do this. That if they're there, if they can, they, as they're, they're sick, they should be giving out blessings to the family. Okay? It's also a time, by the way, where all of the, the small, bitter things, a person lets go of them. Nobody remembers all these bitter things on their deathbed. What do they remember? It's like the last day of school, you know? Everything is not... Oh, Everything nice. is not... Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> Six months you hate them, and then the last day is... Oh, we love you so much. Year. Thank yeah. you so much for such an amazing... Yeah. Year. I'm thinking about the ones who like shred their binder on their deathbed. <laughs> right, so, so okay. So Moshe gives a blessing to Bnei Israel. What is going to be the nature of the blessing? So the blessing to Bnei Israel is, is partly blessing for the future... Partly nivua about the future. Okay, so in one sense, it's going to be it sh- things should be good for you. On the other hand, it's this is what is actually going to happen. It's kind of like warning, no? It's like a heads up. And now, where else have we seen a similar blessing? Where else have we seen a similar blessing to the blessings of Israel Tabracha? Who else gave a blessing to Yaakov? Okay, so we have the blessings of Parshat Vayachi, which was done by Yaakov Avinu for his sons. And now we're going to have the blessings of Moshe that are done for the tribes, which are like his babies. It's not his sons, but it's his babies. Um, let's stop there, because the next, next two psukim are extremely, extraordinarily difficult to understand. Uh, but that was an introduction to Vesot HaBracha. It, is, it starts with Moshe's, the announcement to, to, to Moshe that he is about to pass away. He's going to be taken unto his people. And despite the fact that he is told that the reason he's about to pass away is because of Bnei Israel, for him, that's probably a reminder of how much he invested in them and how much he loves them. It's time to part with a blessing. Okay? So, uh, we reconvene, Bezor Hashem. You have three weeks to finish this thing, No, not really. You have Cholamoyed. We have to do it in Cholamoyed. Where else are we going to do it? We need to... Um, just an announcement. There's a Bezrat uh, Hashem. There's going to be when is um, when is Hoshana Rabbah? Monday night. Monday night. Hoshana Rabbah. So Tuesday night is Chag again. Yes. So Monday night, maybe we start. We try to finish before Monday night, so that we can do Monday night a kickoff shiur for Parashat Bereshit. All nighter. Bereshit all nighter. I don't know. We could do an all-nighter if you want, but uh, I don't know. If, may, I don't know if I'll be there. A couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> Baruch Hashem, Amen, Amen.